0: To jump into this, let's go to Luke 10. It's going to be a little bit different word. But I think it's good. I think it's timely. Luke 10. Are you there? Say I'm there if you're there. Luke 10. Everybody wide awake? You know what I was doing today? I was in the rain. It didn't rain that long though, did it? Uh, a friend of mine called and said, hey, you've been talking about getting some trees. I have some trees uh, available to me if you want to come and dig them out. So we went digging this morning early and in the rain we were singing. But isn't God good? We were praying for trees and then we had the offer uh, a friend of a friend. Um, it was actually Dave Sommerfeld, but a friend of his said if we wanted to get some trees off his land, we could do that. So isn't that fun, how God connects the dots? We had to do a little you know, physical labor, but I was able to harvest uh, a number of trees and then plant them in our yard today. And, and then finally I went in and dried off. But uh, uh, yeah, I hope they, everybody be praying for our trees. I think the last one I planted, it made it a week, I think. So... I'm not a, that's not my world. I like business and software and engineering and and I love the Holy Ghost. All right, so let's go to Luke 10, 25 through 37. This is the parable of the Good Samaritan. And I think it's, I don't know if anyone here ever invests good time watching CNN and the news, you know, anybody here been investing your heart deep into MSNBC to get the the latest feel of, of what we should be thinking about our life and worldview? Luke 10, all right, 25. You ready? Come on. And behold, say behold. behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, tested Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? They're testing the Lord here. What should I do to inherit eternal life? And I like Jesus' answer. He said this. He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And your neighbor as yourself. I like that. Because he's saying here, we need to love God with what? All our heart, with all our soul, and with all our... Man, that's a lot of love. Love. With all your mind. That's a lot of love. How many are fully loving God? If you're gonna look at a graph, you go through a hard time, do you love God a little less? But it says here, we're to love Him with all of our hearts, soul, mind, strength, everything. Everything. Something bad happens, oh, I love God. Somebody scratches your car, I love God. It's easy to get into a bad habit and say other things that we shouldn't say, but I want to say I love God. Do you think God can supply another car? Amen. See, there's a maturity that settles in when I can respond in, in the love of God or the love for God through hard things. All right and your neighbor, here's where it gets difficult, and your neighbor as yourself. You ever go to a buffet, and there's three people behind you, and there's one piece of chicken left? And you're thinking, I don't really know that guy behind me. But the Bible says, I need to love him as myself, so I'm going to bypass on my chicken, amen? But it says I am to love my neighbor as myself. Can you picture a society that would operate like that? That we would prefer the person next to us over our own feelings, wants, desires? What would that do for marriage alone? What would that do for marriage alone? You know that there's a command in marriage? It says that husbands, what are you supposed to do with their wives? You're supposed to what? You're supposed to love them? As, oh, my goodness, that's a pretty high thing. All right. Men? I think we've all done a pretty good job of that, amen? I just want to applaud you all, that we have loved our wives, even as Christ so loved the church and gave himself for it, right? Praise God, hallelujah. It's actually a command there that husbands are to love their wives, that they are to make them feel special, to make them feel important. Good day, bad day, tight finances, all those things. We are commanded, say commanded, to love our wives. We are commanded, say commanded. now who's whose authority are we commanded to love, by whose authority are we commanded to love our wives? God's authority, the highest authority. And they've shown this now, that if you commit to loving your wife, no matter what, that you choose every day, no matter how sad and mopey or gropey or hard thing that she goes through, she'll come out of that and love you back if you'll commit to loving her through those things. So we're commanded to do that. And it says wives, to what are they supposed to do with their husbands? Respect. Respect. Say respect. And they are commanded to do that. To respect their husbands. Hallelujah. I'm glad God put that in there. Hallelujah. (laughs) Honey. But it says here, and your neighbor as yourself. Let's go to verse 28. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. 29, it said, but he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So he's testing him here. He's like, but who do I actually have to love? Who do I actually have to love? It's easy in a busy world to not connect with people at Quick Trip or at Walmart or on my kid's soccer team or whatever. In New York, it's interesting, I used to go there on business a lot, and people get into a syndrome there where they will not look into your eyes. You ever been into a big city like that? Finally, I ask somebody, because I'm, you know, Midwestern guy, and I am go there, I'm like, nice to everybody. Hey, nice haircut, nice tie. And they look at you like you're crazy. But they get into this syndrome where you don't look at somebody in the eyes because you pull them into your world. Does that make sense? So they ignore people so if there's a bad guy or good guy, nobody interacts with you because you're not focused on them. But the the Lord here is challenging people to love their neighbor as themselves, to love their neighbor. How many think we can do a better job at loving our neighbor? I think this church loves very well. They do. We have people that come here for the first time They'll send us a text or an email or whatever, and they'll say, I felt so warm and comfortable in your church. That is, as a pastor, that's so refreshing to hear. I love that. But in our community, in our schools, in our community, in the libraries, wherever, I think the church, not the church, the community needs to have a revelation of love, of God's love. Amen? How many would agree with me? let's let's keep going here. He answered rightly, do this and you will live. But he wanting to justify him said, who is my neighbor? So who do I have to actually love? Do I have to actually love my neighbor across the street whose dogs are in my trash every day? Surely not. Then Jesus answered him and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounding him, and departed, leaving him dead. Half dead, sorry. Now by chance a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked, and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, now it's interesting because Jesus is having this discourse with these people, and the Samaritans were like an outcast people. So he uses that term. He uses the name Samaritan because he knew he would get a rise out of them. Samaritan. And it says here, But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion. So he didn't overlook, he stopped, went to him, and helped him. Say the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus. Say that again, the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus notices people. The love of Jesus, I remember one time I was at the mall over here, I was getting a shirt or something, and I came out, and uh, Blaine, uh, Blaine uh, what's his last name? Erickson. Uh, his son was changing this man's tire. So I went over there. I said, that is mighty nice of you to do that. He said, well, the guy was struggling, and he thought, well, I have a little bit of extra time. Why not help him? Man, that ministered to me. You see, it said that he noticed the man. He had compassion on him. He went to him, and he helped him. That's the love of Jesus. The Bible says the goodness of God leads us to repentance. One of the things that Dr. Cho did in Korea, the largest church in the world, what he did is he taught the people to notice things around them and to love well in that opportunity. He said, well, I haven't witnessed anybody in years. Well, learn from this passage. Be aware. Notice. Go to the person. And assist them. It'll be an open door to the gospel. Say amen. You guys awake? We're just getting going here. This is so good. And he's using this term, the Samaritan, because he knows it's, it's rubbing them wrong. Because it should be the, the Pharisees that have that, that seen the man But he's saying the priest walked across the street and they avoided him. The godlies are avoiding people. God's own people are avoiding things. So he has to send a sinner over to help the man. And the guy's like all over him, loving him, helping him. And then let's keep going here. But it says a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was say came where he was say i love this and when he saw him he had compassion put your hand on your on your heart say lord jesus help me to be aware help me to have compassion in jesus name that's the love of jesus our community needs the love of Jesus Christ. We need to have love. I was, we had a really busy Easter weekend. We had company and it was really fun to have them here. We had a wedding this week. Um, there was a lot of stuff going on. And I got to the church on Easter and uh, I didn't even get any peeps this year. Huh? I did? Oh, okay. I did. They sure were good. What's those those caramel things that have the oh hallelujah glory? Anyways, I get to church on Easter, and I'm I got up, I prayed, I was seeking the Lord, and and uh, got in, and and uh, you know we had awesome time here and great worship, and and then I ministered and we prayed for people, and. Then I talked to some new people and different people in the church and and stayed kind of late, and I, I love connecting with people. How many know that people are important? You know, five minutes of your time with some new person that came to church might change their whole week or their whole month. They've done studies, and they've showed that people in communication rarely actually care about the person that is talking to them. So in other words, if I'm talking to this new person, I'm like, oh, hey, nice day, isn't it? Yeah, don't get any deeper. But to actually say, well, how how are you doing? Where where do you live? How's your life going? That doesn't happen too much. It's very important that we do that, amen? That shows the love of Jesus, but do it authentically. So I get done, I get in my car, my truck, I back up and I pull out, And there's an older gentleman in the alley. He's hunched over. He has gray hair. His clothes look like he's poor, just to put it bluntly. I think he gets pop cans or something, and he collects them for a few extra bucks. And I pull out, and I'm wanting to go home for Easter dinner, Woo! you know what I mean? Cajun Easter dinner. The police will always let me off for speeding when I mention I'm going home to eat a Cajun Easter dinner. Understand. I come around the corner, and I roll the window down, and I looked at him, I go, I said, hey, happy Easter. And he looks at me, and he goes, Well, happy Easter to you. And then I rolled up my window and I took off. I get up the road. I hear the Holy Spirit. What do you think he said? I'm like, but Lord. And his face appearing in my heart. You know what I mean? I said, you know what, Lord? You're right. I have family. I have a dinner waiting for me. I thank you for your blessings on my life. I went back, and I had to go, and I had to go find him, and I found him in the alley up a couple blocks, and I pulled over, and I said, hey, I rolled the window down, and I called him over, and we talked for quite a long time. I asked who he was, where he came from, about his life, and uh, we really connected. And I felt the Holy Spirit. He said, I want you to give him money to bless him, to let him go get an Easter dinner and something nice. And I said, Okay. So I seen what I had dug it out. I said, "Here, here's a gift from from me but from the Lord." I put it in his hand. You know what he did? His tears welled, his eyes welled up with tears, and he grabs my hand, he starts kissing my hand. I said, "Don't do that." I said, "This is from the Lord. Just say thank you, Jesus." Anyways, he was so broken. I mean, it was To me, what did it matter? To him, it changed his whole week. The Samaritan, it said that he noticed him, he went to him, he poured into him. Do you think that man's heart was open to the gospel? When I told him that God loved him, he actually went, wow, God does love me. Heidi Baker said this, love looks like something. You guys okay? I love the Holy Ghost. I love the power of God. I love displays of power. I love all that. But if we don't understand the love of God, we're nothing but a tingling symbol, amen? Somebody kicking a bucket down the road, making all a bunch of a racket, that's all it is without the love of God. With the love of God, it changes the world. All the gifts of the Spirit are love gifts to the body. You guys okay? Now watch this. So he went to him and he, he bandaged up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he sent him on his own animal. So he put him on his own animal. He's probably bleeding and everything and who knows, staining his garments. Brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come back I'll repay you. So which of these three do you think the na- so which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And they said to him, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Wow. He used the example of a sinner, an outcast, could outlove, now it'd be the church, amen? And he's like, let's follow that guy's example and outlove everyone in the community. How many would like to make a commitment to outlove everyone in the community? I've met a lot of people in my life, so have you, and I remember the ones that loved well. They etched something in your life. You couldn't forget the the authentic love of God. The Bible says that we are to be rooted and grounded in love. That we are to be rooted and grounded in love. What does that look like? What does that look like? There was a story. Um, you guys remember Norval Hayes? He was a famous Bible teacher. He was always on TV. Remember him? Some of you guys do. He used to always, all his books he used to be in all the stores. He's getting older now. But here he is, he's preaching around the whole world, And his own daughter, when she's about 18, she begins to rebel. Now, she had seen miracles. She had seen crazy miracles and traveled with him around the world, seen all kinds of things happen. But she began to get into a rebellious age. She got into some with some bad friends, and she started to go out drinking. And she'd go partying. Here he is, international ministry, Norval Hayes, man of God, And his daughter is out being wild and crazy. So he thought, no daughter of mine is going to live like this. He started to preach to her. He was putting up scriptures all over. He would follow around and say that this is no way to live. And this went on for some time. And she just seemed to get harder and harder and harder. And finally, he was in prayer one day. This went on for almost six months to a year. Finally, he was in prayer one day and he just erupted with anger. And he said, God, why won't you help me? He was angry with God. God, why won't you help me? And he's sitting there, and he said that the voice of the Holy Spirit spoke to him so plain in his room. He said, He said, I want you to stop preaching at her and start actually and authentically love her. And he said, God, you know I love my daughter. I'm trying to protect her. And he goes on to say that he had an encounter with the Lord then and he realized the type of love he was giving was not what she needed. So she would come home drunk. He said he would not say anything about it. He walked with her. He put her in bed, tucked her in bed. He kissed her on the forehead. In the morning, he brought her coffee in her room. He loved on her. He started taking her out on dates, spending time with her, spending time with her, loving on her. And you know that only a matter of a few weeks, she turned her whole heart around and recommitted her life to Jesus Christ. Amen? It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's the goodness of God. I want to give you just a couple more here. There are four types of love in the Bible. There's eros, that means the sexual kind of love. And that's a conditional kind of love. It comes and goes right? That's a type of biblical love. Eros, God created that. But it's not what you build a marriage on or a relationship on. Number two is storge. That is the family kind of love, natural affection, but it can come and go and we have to work at that. And it's conditional a lot of times, but it's the love for family. And then there's phileo. What is that one? You're right. Brotherly love, friend, friendship-type love, and um, a love along, among our brothers or friends. Thank God for that. And then there's the last one is what? Agape. What is agape love? The what? Okay. It's God's kind of love, but it's unconditional love. Say unconditional. Now, men, I want you to say this. Say, Lord, help me to love my wife unconditionally. No conditions. No conditions. Woo, come on. Is there a husband way back there? All right. Amen, Steve. Andy, unconditionally. All right. Agape love is the God kind of love. When the Bible says that God loves you, he says unconditionally. There's nothing that can separate you from his love. That's the same template that he wants us to love our brothers and sisters with. It's the same love that God wants us to look at the person at Walmart that maybe doesn't smell well, or they're, they're rude to people, and God wants you to so love them that you would give your life for that person. That's the kind of love that the Spirit of God flows through. Amen? I, I heard one guy, he was teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, and he said, the Lord won't give you authority over anything you won't love. He won't won't give you, I want to say it right, Lord, help me. He won't give you authority in an area that's not filled with his love. Put it that way. You guys okay? Remember that show that used to be on, The Love Boat? The Love Boat. Is there a guitar that the church owns? Is it this one? This one? I'm going to sing you a, a song, The Love Boat. My wife's all nervous, scratching her neck. I used to play guitar a lot. I did. My... I, when I was in high school, I used to play a lot of the, the heavy metal stuff. I did. I, I built my own amplifier. I did. And I built uh, my own distortion stuff. I grabbed some old electronics. And my parents loved the way I played so much that they bought me some headphones. I, th- I, think, I think they loved it. I don't know. My windows would rattle in my room. But I, I loved playing a lot when I was young. But here's a thing that can happen. We can know the Bible. And we can even have gifts of the Spirit. You know what that is right there? What what key is that? What is it? B? E? How what is this? what g e how about this one a all right now listen to this you guys ready That's a guy that knows the word of God, but has no love. <laughs> Amen? Let's, let's, you guys are getting nervous with me on the guitar. When somebody comes up to you and they don't love at all, or love well, and they say, I want to give you a prophecy. <laughs> you ever get that? Somebody gives you that word and you're like, oh, that's... Thank you. But the Bible says that we are to be rooted and grounded in love. And as we spend time with him and read the Bible, get the Bible in you. It's the template of truth. We need to have a plumb line in our life of truth. People are telling you that, you know, this is love and that's love and this is love. And then I read the Bible and it's like none of those things are love. We need the Word of God in our heart. And here's what the Bible does as we read it and spend time with Him. You ready? Oh, that's pretty good. Now let me go to the A. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's right. Amen. So a prophecy should always have the harmonics of God with it. It's it feels like love, amen. It's intertwined the Spirit of God and the love of God. And then it's powerful. When you receive prayer for being, when you're sick and someone comes over, they lay hands on you and they pray for you. When they have the love of God in their life and the anointing, powerful things happen. But we have to be in tune with the love of God. The world needs to be retuned, amen? Not selfish, self-focused, but selfless focused on others, that gives the room, that gives room for the Holy Spirit to move. The Bible talks about second mile in Matthew 5.41. We don't have to read the whole thing. But it says, it talks about love, and that when we love, we'll go the second mile for someone. Someone. It's interesting because in that time, the Roman soldiers had right if they were going by and they needed help with something, they didn't have to ask your permission. They would command you to come and help push the wagon. They'd command you to come and carry something for the soldier. They could actually take one of your possessions and use it if needed. They had the right to do that. And there was a lot of animosity And the people didn't like the Roman guards. So Jesus liked to use these illustrations because it got a bit of a rise out of people. And he said to them, they knew what he was talking about. He said, he's talking about love and he says, it goes the second mile. In other words, a Roman soldier had the right to use you to carry something for a mile. And Jesus is saying, but when you finish that first mile, I want you to go a second mile out of love because it'll do something to the person's heart. Amen? Second mile love. Second mile love in marriage goes a long ways. Second mile love in the workplace goes a long ways. Second mile love in the community goes a long way ways. We need to get in tune with the voice of God, get in tune with the heart of God. We need to learn to love, amen? We need to learn to love. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would teach us how to love again. I ask that you would teach us how to love again. I love even in the Bible, it talks about the love of God. Everywhere you look in the New Testament, love of God, love of God, love of God. Even in Galatians, when somebody falls into sin, we're not supposed to kick them to the wayside. Even if they're in leadership, we're not supposed to just kick them to the wayside. The Bible says we need to restore them in love. He doesn't give up on us, amen? The prodigal son, he never gave up on him. Even though he came back dirty and filthy, he embraced him. He covered him. He filled him with acceptance and love and respect. Last scripture here. Let's go to 1 John four, sixteen through 18. Are you ready? I'm going to read it out of the New King James. 1 John 4, 16 says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God. How do I walk with a powerful anointing on my life? How do I have the presence of God in my life? One of the secrets is to learn how to walk in love a hateful attitude, a hateful character will grieve the Holy Spirit. That precious presence of the Holy Spirit is grieved when I don't love my neighbor. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God. How many want more of God? Then we have to yield to our pride, or we have to yield from pride, turn from pride, and allow God to fill our, love, our heart with love. Say this, say, Lord Jesus, fill my heart with your love. Help me to be aware of my community. In Jesus' name. 17, it says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. Isn't that good? 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. Because fear involves torment and punishment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. I want to grow in love. I want to grow in love. I do. I want to know the love of God. I want to know the love of God. I want to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. Just close your eyes for a moment. We're going to close. God is trying to tune us. He wants revival. He wants the power of God. He wants all that. He wants us to win our community. But if we're not in tune with his love, we're actually slowing things down. Amen? Close your eyes for just a moment. Just say this. Now watch, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to a lot of you. Say this, say, Lord, show me if there's an area in my heart that I'm not loving well. How many hurt something? How many heard something? Yeah, amen. That's good. So let's just give it to the Lord. Say, Lord Jesus, Jesus. I I give you that area. Help me to flow in love in that area. In Jesus' name. All right, one more thing. Put your hand on your heart one more time. You guys are getting good at that. Say, Lord Show me if there's a blockage that is preventing me from loving well. Just wait on them for just a moment. Now, how many heard something? Yeah. Okay, lots of hands. Lots of hands. Okay. Another hand. That's good. Say, Lord, I forgive and I release that so you can fill me up in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up. I'd like the ministry team to come up. Did you like the guitar sound? I was just going to really get into that and sing you a love song from the Lord, but I didn't have enough aspirin to hand out, so... To get in tune with the love of God is so important. If you feel like there's blockage, like you want to love on a deeper level, you want to know the love of God, you want to love your spouse more, you want to notice people in the community more, whatever that is that the Holy Spirit was working on you in your heart about during this message, I want you to take a step of faith and receive prayer, and I think God is going to set you free tonight. I think he's going to touch you and change your life. So if you want prayer when we're done, I'd like you to come up and just receive prayer. It only takes a minute. It can change your whole life. Amen? So Father, we just pray that you would teach us how to love well. Help us to get in tune with you, Lord. Help us to be rooted and grounded in in love. We thank you, God, that you so love us unconditionally that your love never fails and never gives up on us. And we thank you for that, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone said amen. I'd like you to come up and receive prayer if you would. I think you'll get touched by God. Amen. God bless you all.